Hey, to be with them. Hey, man. Everything's just really chill today, isn't it? Like, it's so, oh my gosh. I don't know. I just feel really, really relaxed today, bro. See, that's the perfect atmosphere for a podcast. You got to be relaxed. Podcast. Podcast. All righty. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to uh, the Roundtable Club podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Praise. Uh, and I'm joined by my always wonderful co host. Uh, co host, introduce yourself. Hi, Abel here. How's it going, guys? Abel here, bro. And uh, today we're going to be bringing you a couple uh, new stories uh, today. So we have a lot we're going to be discussing. Uh, I'm going to just run through everything really quickly. So we're going to be discussing theaters now opening up in Arizona uh, starting Saturday, or some theaters at least. I was going to be discussing uh, the live action Hercules from the Russo brothers. Uh, Paramount begins to develop new movies and popular IPs that they own. Uh, Nick Cage to play Joe Exotic. Ooh. Taika Waititi to write and pen for new st- for a new Star Wars. So uh, starting with the first topic. Uh, so me and Abar from the Arizona area. Uh, and... At the moment, a lot of stuff is like barely starting to open up. Uh, our governor, Doug Ducey, he uh, he he said that he the state has been greenlit to be able to start phase one of reintroduction to what used to be some sort of normal. And um, right now, he said that he's uh, like, let's say one day. Uh, apparently they opened very few gyms that were that wanted them to be open or whatever, and also pools oh, in the area. You know, it's funny uh, uh, about that gym thing. Uh, I literally got an email from my gym today saying like, hey, uh, we know it's phase one, but uh, we're actually going to close again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they started... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. They uh, started to reopen uh, gyms and pools and uh, on Saturday, they claimed that they're going to be reopening the movie theaters. However, I'm not sure if that uh, only relates to specific theaters or what that's going to entail for, like, we mostly have the Harkins and AMC brands that dominate in the Arizona area. Uh, there are a few, like, iPicks here and drive-ins here, but for the most part, it's uh, it's an AMC Harkins-dominated region. Uh, would you say the same, Abel? Unless yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Like, it's hard to find any other theater. I mean, they are out there. I think right. when we went to that that Venom screening, I think that was a different theater, but that was way yeah. out there. And um, and yeah, so like we're now starting to reopen uh, the theaters, and I got to say that I'm very very excited uh, because I just missed the experience of going into a theater open mind and you know it's popcorn in your hand sitting. Well, we probably they'll probably find. Uh, well, actually, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but like sitting with in, in the theater, waiting for the movie to start is just a wonder, wonderful feeling. And uh, it's a so the fact that now we might be able to get this feeling back, so to speak, is really, really exciting to me. Uh, what are your general thoughts on this uh, right now, Abel? Like you're just give me like your general thoughts on the, um, on the whole theaters reopening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's funny. Like it's just like this long break just made me like appreciate the movie theater so much more like that that experience that like smell like i really do miss it um like getting to see a new movie oh my god right on the big big screen like you can't replace that yeah for Um, sure 
what's it called what do you think the parameters are going to be for yeah that's what i was actually going to like address next like i'm assuming that these uh, establishments will have a new means of you know uh, incorporating social distancing uh, before they had closed i noticed that they had like the red x's on certain areas at the harkins that i usually go to um and a lot of them, I'm assuming, I wonder how it's going to work with seats, like maybe every other seat or some seats will be blocked. Or I, locked. I, I feel like it's going to be very, like, very spread apart. Like, it's six feet. Is that like two chairs worth? Like, right. I feel like, it's like, yeah. And although, like, maybe a lot of people won't even go to the movies right away, I'm just glad that they're open because I'm one of those people that no matter what, I'm going to, I miss the movie. So I'm going to go there no matter, like, yeah. no matter what, if I'm able to. Um, because that's just like, that's like my sanctum, you know what I mean? And like you said, like nothing can really copy that experience. Not even if you're at home with the largest screen in front of you. And everything. Oh, yeah, no. it's, it's insane. Like no matter how big of a screen you get a projector, no matter what, you can't replicate that at home. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and to see the, how it's going to affect the whole industry as a whole. Cause keep in mind, like I'm not expecting any good movies to really be out by the time I actually go to the movies. Uh, I just want to go for just going. I don't know if like movies that have been released on VOD, like let's say Scoob, which opened uh, today actually, or which is online today. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. like if I took my brother to the movies tomorrow, would that be in the theaters for me and him to go see? Or uh, would something along the lines of like this movie called Emma, that's a like a, a Jane Austen novel that was turned into a movie. I think that came out in the beginning of this month also, or last month. And um and also, like, I wonder, like, what movies will be there, if any, or if it's going to be the same movies that we had before, meaning, like, Invisible Man and uh, Bloodshot, all those kinds of movies, like, or Trolls, too, the big controversy, probably not, because all the shit See, that they pulled, but... You know I, I, I mean? think they are, I, I think that's what they're going to do, they're going to be playing the movies that they were playing before they shut down, I think, because, uh, like, because, like, I don't think they've gotten any new, like, roles in, or, like, any new, uh, like, so you, hard, you know, like, hard drives or whatever. Right, and you and so you think like we'll be seeing like uh like let's say uh onward which was out before this you think that'll get another run in the theaters and stuff I mean I can't predict like, accurately like, but I but I but I I'm guessing that's what they're gonna do like onward right. or um uh like bloodshot like you said uh, yeah and then also I think this is also like I think a lot of like smaller movies are definitely gonna push for this time too like you know. sure, dude and um because it's, it's oh, go ahead no i was just gonna say because like all the big movies have pushed it to like the end of the year so like this is like the perfect time for like any movie that like that is yeah, finished but... or like to like kind of like submit you know and it's gonna be a new movie that's supposed to come out uh originally it was gonna be chris Reynolds' uh tenant uh which was supposed to july is like gonna be this the late start of this year's summer blockbusters um, only because, like, right after Tenet comes out, literally Wonder Woman is supposed to come out uh, a month after that, and then, you know, so on and so forth. The other movies throughout the year that were supposed to come out earlier in the year are going to come out later. Uh, I think right after Wonder Woman, A Quiet Place 2 would come out because that's in September. Uh, so there's going to be, like, a lot of big tentpole movies that uh, are going to be coming out now. They usually come out around May and so, so on and so forth. And... Um, I'm wondering how that's going to affect the smaller movies now, because although usually the smaller movies, they don't, they don't release like every other week. And it's very rare when we can find them here in Arizona where we're at. Like we have to go 
some distances sometimes to see these smaller movies but i'm wondering like if because the theaters want more like you know they want to recoup the money that they lost this year like will they be playing more of those bigger movies on screen uh less so than the smaller ones that i see in the fall and everything like that and um I'm really curious, like, do you, how do you think it'll affect and transition in that manner? Like, will we see more of the big box office stuff and less so of the smaller movies this year? See, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, like, you know, like, now that this, like, remember how I told you, like, I think a lot of smaller movies are going to come for this time. Do you think that's going to, like, change the, like, because, like, a lot of people just watch, like, blockbusters, but, like, I think now that, like, the movie theaters are opening up again, like, and, like, people will just watch anything, I think this is really going to, like, do you think it's going to, like, open the mind of a lot of people of, like, watching something other than big blockbusters? Right. And uh, you're probably right. Like, no matter what, I think people are just going to, if they do go, they're going to go for the experience of just going out and going to the movies and uh, rekindling their thing. But I also won't be surprised if, like, many people don't go to the movies only because of the, they don't know the parameters of, what the theater is going to look like post all the, uh, all this happening. Um, but nonetheless, uh, my whole thing with this uh, article is, or this whole piece that I saw in the news was that I really just wanted to talk about it because I've just been missing the movies for a long time. And um, Abel put it best when, uh, when this first thing started um, and I had seen him at a friend's house, which, uh, which we were both friends with the same person, but um, we, we had went and he told me that like, this is like what, uh, bottle episodes of television look like because uh, I my whole routine is that I always go to the movies at least seeing one movie every week uh, on my days off and so this was like a huge shock to the system so to speak because um, now they, it was just taken away from me and taken away from me a lot longer than I'd like it to be taken away from me but uh, like Abel said uh, it, w- it was basically the longest bottle episode of my life basically is what I'm trying to say and uh, I'm really glad that we'll be finally having access to movie theaters but uh enough on my piece do you have any like concluding thoughts on this piece Abel? um i'm just glad they're back i can't wait to get back in that theater man it's gonna be sad though because like we're not gonna be able to sit next to each other but like you know i'll take right. what i can get <laughs> to be honest <laughs> and we'll probably not see any good movies uh for like the next two months but mm-hmm. hey uh same thing like i'll take too, like i'll just take whatever like whatever crap is there um, playing I really hope it's not like yeah. I hope it's like smaller like indie movies rather than like crappy uh big budget movie like um you know like how uh how January is kind of the garbage month where they kind of dump all their movies right right I hope yeah. I hope that's not the type of quality we're gonna get when we go back yes I I feel you on that me either like I don't want I just uh I just feel like they'll probably have like maybe the like a couple. I'm just wondering like how it's going to work with the VOD stuff. Like if they do have a lot of movies that are on VOD and maybe happen to have them in stock because they didn't know they were going to use them until later. But um, I'm just interested to see what happens next. And uh, I'm glad that they're back. So now we can transition to our next uh, topic, which is the live action. Okay. So these live act, we're going to be discussing uh, Disney's live action Hercules which is confirmed to be produced by the Russo brothers, Joe and Anthony Russo and their new production company. These guys have been, ever since an Endgame, they've been literally producing almost everything. Uh, They've produced (laughs) 21 Bridges, which came out last year. 
They were produced uh, the Chris Hemsworth Netflix movie called Extraction, which is greenlit for a sequel at Netflix. Um, they're producing like a D&D show or some Magic the Gathering type show. Uh, they yeah, still have their man. film back. Uh, I think they're still having, they directed a recent film called Cherry with Tom Holland that still has yet to come out. Um, and, you know, they've just been, they haven't, let's say, uh, stopped the... I was going to ask, oh, go you find it funny that they're working with a bunch of Avengers alumni, like all their producing yeah, that's, projects? That's a, it's really crazy how like every movie, every movie that they're doing is with, like now we're going to eventually see the 21 Bridges character that Chadwick Boseman plays team up with uh, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <Sing, like, laughs> and then they got the, like that Tom Holland movie you said too, like. Yeah. Just... yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's like that's in their contract like everything we produce has to have an MCU alumni <laughs> yeah, I'm just being facetious obviously but um, but it's it's like really nice to know that they're uh, they haven't like you know gotten lazy or um, or how to say like they're they're putting their names on things but they're very they're still being very careful with that because they realize their stock has been in, like increasing ever since that movie came out and people are still chomping at the bit for a lot of the things that they're involved in and uh yeah and they like they oh, i think one of them wrote the extraction movie and another one of them is going to write the sequel and um that was also directed by a stunt coordinator that's worked with the mcu for a long time so also has mcu co- connection ties um but yeah about this live action hercules um so as you all know like disney has been kind of going back to the well and bringing uh cinderella beauty and the beast aladdin lion king so on and so forth to very somewhat varying mixed uh positive to mixed results yeah yeah it hasn't really none of them have really popped off the way the originals did but none of them are really uh uh bad either like terribly bad like gouge your eyes out bad but yeah they're just average they're they're just average but to be fair, they are doing ridiculously successful. Like they're billion dollar yeah, movies. Yeah. And uh and like uh we just saw Aladdin, which uh although like at first people were very hesitant in terms of like people that follow these things like me and you, uh in terms of like the people that are actually in the know for movies, like I'm it still made a lot of money, like you said. Same thing with the Lion King, even though a lot of people um only like bits and pieces of that film. Uh uh, only because it seems like John Favreau didn't really have a lot of creative freedom to do what he wanted to do with that movie, and uh, which kind of sucks because he I saw the Jungle Book recently and I thought he did really wonderful in that. I think uh, the really Jungle Book, yeah, yeah, and uh, I feel like they could have they should have given him that creative freedom to elaborate on the Lion King story in a different way, which he probably would have done spectacularly. But uh, nonetheless, this live action let, Hercules. Let me ask you a really quick question: What's your like favorite and least favorite of the remakes that have come out like just in terms of like what you like i would say like it's mostly the lion king only because i was waiting for that for so long and i was so excited when it came out like i don't like a lot of parts about it but i also love like specific parts about it like the voice cast for the most part was good the story to me because i saw it already and as a cartoon was not as good the second time around only because not only did i know what was going to happen but if they at least like uh, had put like power on the moments that needed power, like Mufasa's death, spoiler alert, and um, and also like you know like little things like uh, like that, and making the animals look a bit uh, better, because I felt like at times they didn't really move and feel the way like the Jungle Book animals did, if that makes sense. 
Um, mm-hmm. It just felt a little bit janky, but I it didn't take me too much out of the movie because the voice acting from like Glover and a lot of the younger actors that were playing them and when they were babies and everything, James Earl Jones, uh, like the voice acting was really good and uh, that kind of carried me through. But nonetheless, like for me, that's my particular favorite only because, and I also didn't like the way they changed the music. Like they changed it way too much for my liking. I was like, why are you guys trying to fix something that's not even broken? Like you guys literally should have used the same, uh, same recordings just the new voices and that's literally it like that's all you had to do and i didn't really enjoy that so like in some ways it's my most favorite and then in some other ways it's my least favorite if that makes sense um but uh yeah i would say if i really had to like choose one or the other it would be probably um jungle book being my most favorite and then lion king being like my second but kind of least favorite out of the out of the whole ones and I got, I you, I got you. you. But uh, what about you? Do you have a preference over the ones? That you, which mm, one? You I got. I gotta think about that. Let me. Let me think. What are the ones that have come out? Uh, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Aladdin, Lion King, Jungle Book, and I think from what I've oh Maleficent, I guess because that's a part of the Sleeping Beauty. Oh, I, I guess that counts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably Aladdin. I liked like the performance, like. Yeah, there were pretty good performances in there. Yeah, uh, they kind of made it somewhat unique, that, you know, like just different enough to be somewhat different, right? Uh, but they didn't kind of like take away from the core stuff. Yeah, I didn't like every new edition. I also thought Jafar was really weak, but like, I don't know. Like, I think that's probably the best of them all. And then right. second, probably uh, Jungle Jungle Book. Yeah. I think Jungle Book is pretty good. Man, I like the cast in that one too. That's funny. Uh, Christopher Walken is the tingler. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I freaking love that. That's freaking so good. Um, but yeah, and uh, I'm also just like really curious to see what they're gonna do with uh, live action Hercules because it seems like there could be a lot of potential for something like this for comedy. And I'm wondering if if we do get uh, this movie and it does come out, uh, I'm wondering if they're gonna remove the music because also. Keep in mind, Mulan uh, is going to be coming out soon. Be in that bed with uh, July releases that are supposedly coming out, and they removed uh, music, like it being a musical from it. There's still the musical keys in it, but nobody's going to be singing in that film because they're saying it's more of a epic war film. Uh, and you could see yeah, that. I about that. I've seen the trailers, um, but I'm really curious to see like if people potentially like that a lot more in favor. Uh, Mulan with no music, will they, uh, and I kind of copied this rant from John Campion, but they uh, remove music from Hercules also and make it more, because with the Russos being involved, I feel, because they also, they've done community, and community plays with a lot of genres, so I'm not worried about them, like, like, I don't think they'll direct this movie, obviously they're producing, but they'll have their hand in it somewhat, because it's a Disney movie, and they want to make sure uh, that they what they're putting their name on is worth putting their name on. Um, so I think they'll they know how to really find a way to balance action uh, in shows like Community show and movies like Avengers and things like that. But they also know how to match drama really well. You look at stuff like Thor and uh, Infinity War with the scene with Rocket and Captain America Winter Soldier, things like that. Uh, and even in Community, even though that was a writers group and they were mostly the directors. But they know how to this this would be the perfect project for them to produce. I'm just wondering now who they get to direct it and who they get to star as Hercules. I think that's obviously the most important part. Um, they might go with another unknown, just like uh, uh, the guy that played Atlanta was an unknown. 
And um, or they could go with the MCU alum to keep that joke running. And I don't know who would play them outside of <laughs> of like maybe Thor, but uh, or Chris Hemsworth because I'm not really sure who else. But um, I'm hoping that they go like maybe unknown and then just have everyone else around him. Like mostly the most important casting in that film is probably going to be the Hades character, obviously, because he's the most uniquely looking character and obviously the most eccentric character in the whole film that a lot of people enjoy. Uh, and yeah. so he will be a very important casting choice because if he's entertained, because yeah, James, because like James Wood kind of makes that character really entertaining, right. like more than it should be. Yeah, and so that's why I feel like he he's like their genie for Aladdin or the Mufasa for the Lion King and Timon and Pumbaa and things like that. Like he's card. So the, that casting is going to be important unless they do go with a known star for Hercules. Um, and I'm wondering who's also going to play like the three old ladies in the movie or the witches that sing in the, oh, the, yeah. sing in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and a lot of people have been fan casting a couple uh, people to play these characters. I haven't really, I kind of forgot the, what the fan castings were. Um, somebody suggested Jeffrey Dean Morgan for uh, Hades, but I don't really see him being Hades in a way. I don't know. It's just, I don't feel like that's a cup of tea. Yeah. I've um, heard that suggestion too, but I never really thought about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that's not that's not a good choice. I could get why they want him to be like that because Negan is kind of like that now compared to when he first arrived. But I don't think that's um I can't see Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing that role. I mean, I mean he'll he'll obviously prove me wrong if he did have the role, and he is obviously good at what he does. Um, but I prefer like I think for me personally, I would choose like maybe a uh, off the top of my head, maybe someone like uh, not a James Corden, but. I don't know, someone of like uh, uh, that just would be able to play that role. Some one of you guys can fag and cast. I don't really care, but um, I just want the cast to be to be unique in some way. Like I like what they did with Aladdin and having the uh, unknown person play Aladdin and the having him being supported by other actors that are up and coming and a veteran actor and Will Smith. And I prefer that uh, route. But um, at the end of the day, it's up to Disney. So I don't really I don't really mind what they do. Um, I'm going to see the movie when it comes out and uh, I'm really curious to see who's going to direct it. Cause I think that's going to be the key to all this. Uh, they probably might get someone like a Dexter Fletcher. I feel like, um, cause it feels like this is right up his alley. Um, but then again, he's doing the, the next Sherlock Holmes movie allegedly. So um, I'm just curious as to see how this all plays out. Um, but what about you? What I haven't asked your full thoughts on it. Like what are your general thoughts on this and the Russo's producing and, this being their next producing effort. Um, well, I really like Aladdin. Like, that's probably, like, one of my, like, other favorite Disney, like, right. Renaissance movies. So, to see that, like, the Russos are kind of attached to this kind of gives me some faith. Right. You know, they haven't really had any bad, like, you yeah. know, strikes, apparently. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? I think, like you said, casting is really important for this. Um, I think this has potential to be one of the better Disney movies. I think this kind of has the potential to actually kind of break that streak. Who knows, though, because that's what we all said about Lion King and Aladdin. But, you know, and as good as those movies are, they're kind of just average. Right. Um, but but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Um, I think this is probably, yeah, like the next one that I actually care about. Because right. Mulan, like I... I, I love the original Mulan but like this new one like the new tape they're going and you know dropping the songs and and you know like all and all the charm and wit from it like I don't know just it doesn't yeah, yeah. with me so that's definitely not one I'm I'm looking right. forward to 
What about you? Uh, how do you feel about the next for, one? For me with Mulan, I'm kind of like, I think the, I heard the director's really good. Uh, there's a film that she did that uh, I have not seen yet, but I'm pretty sure I have it downloaded somewhere in one of the places that I had on my computer. And uh, she, I think she, if I'm not mistaken, she did a movie called The Writer, unless I'm totally wrong about that. And that was uh, Chloe Zhao, I think, who's doing um, Eternals. But um. I, I forgot what she did, but she's like one of the uh, prominent director, the lady that's doing Mulan. Um, I'm trying to search up her name right now. Bear with me. But um, the whole uh, aura of Mulan seems like it's going to be uh, definitely. Um, okay, Nikki Carroll. Yeah. So I saw one of her movies. Um, her name, uh, her, one of her movies is Well Rider. Um, it's a New Zealand film that was just something out of a Miyazaki Studio Ghibli type of movie. And she's a wonderful director. So. If she's the one that's directing this film, then uh, it'll definitely be entertaining. Um, I don't know. I can't say that it'll be good because obviously every director has their own interpretation of something. And I'm particularly a fan of her because I've seen uh, some of her other works, uh, mostly just the Whale Rider one. But um, the fact that uh, that to me sells me on this movie, you know what I mean? That movie alone, but um, I'm yeah. really, I'm that's really fair. And that's probably going to be a really big factor on uh, Hercules too. I didn't even think about that. Like the director, has yeah, to be um, good. like that's so, really good. And uh, wait, can you hear me, Abel? By any chance? Okay. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, so um, let me. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for that movie when it comes out. Uh, it sucks that we weren't able to see it earlier, but it, um, I think it was getting good reviews for the most part. Uh, in China and everything, because I think it came out in China before we got it here. So I'm really curious to see how that's going to play out. Um, moving on, do you have any concluding topics, uh, concluding thoughts on this topic before we move on? To- uh, not, not particularly. I, I, I think uh, I think everything that's said. Been said. <laughs> okay, so our next topic is a bit of a doozy. So Paramount begins to develop new movies with popular IPs that they have. The two, uh, the two, so these are two topics that I kind of formulated into one big topic because I didn't want to talk about either or separately because um, they're both all going to be produced and distributed by Allspark Pictures, which is Hasbro, and um, Paramount, which is obviously Paramount Pictures. So, um, uh, sorry, you guys are going to hear loud buzzes throughout in between these takes because my mom is texting me for some reason. So, uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe were the main topics at hand that I wanted to discuss for uh, in regards to the IPs that we'll be referring to. So starting with Transformers, Paramount has uh, confirmed uh, through the trades uh, that they are working on two new Transformers movies. One is rumored to be a Beast Wars movie or Beast. Yeah, I think it's Beast Wars. Um, and another one is supposed to be a yeah. sequel uh, in the vein of Bumblebee. Uh, not specifically a Bumblebee sequel, or they were being coy with whatever that next Transformers sequel was going to be. But all they said was that it's going to be a continuation after the Bumblebee movies, which was directed beautifully by Travis Knight. And I absolutely adore that movie. I think it's like the closest thing to an Iron Giant that we've seen in a long time. And uh, and I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Uh, and I like John Cena in it also. So because uh, I just like seeing wrestlers in movies. And I think that's really cool because uh, I'm a big wrestling fan. And um, and yeah, like, so starting with just this part uh, for now, Abel, um, wh- what are your thoughts on like, because you know a lot more about Transformers than I do. Like, what are your thoughts on, if you can explain to the audience what like Beast Wars is or 
whatever that beast thing is. And then oh, also yeah. sure. what you thought of, what you think about this whole um, idea of yeah, uh, Transformers absolutely. and Travis Knight maybe directing one or both of these movies and what that would mean for a Bumblebee sequel or a Transformers sequel in either vein. Go ahead, sorry. Okay. So, uh, Beast Wars, um, it's in the original Transformers, not in like the Bay, the Michael Bay really? universe, but like in the original Transformers, like the Transformers crashed here during like, maybe like during the formation of the Earth cycle or whatever. And like over the years, like the technology interacted with the environment and it created like Transformer dinosaurs, basically. <laughs> and, uh, and like they had like the whole like, like they had a whole prehistoric era where like they were just like transformers and like they interacted here and you know they had a whole thing um i never watched the series uh i heard it was really good like really good like almost better than like the original yeah. like run of the transformers but like yeah no uh it's basically just dinosaur transformers which i think is actually the perfect direction to go because you really want to distance yourself from whatever the hell like the current state of transformers right. is right now and you can't go any more different than like beast wars like that's definitely right. the way to go especially if travis knight is directing Ooh, i can imagine yeah. some good stuff also um what's it called it like like in most transformers there wasn't a lot of humans <laughs> in beast wars i don't know if that's the route they're gonna go like, uh, that would be really awesome if they did that, but they're probably going to, like, shove in some, like, caveman <laughs> protagonist or something. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it really depends on where they go. But, like, I think that's a really interesting, like, whole conflict there. Like, I think that's the best thing for them to do right now is a Beast and, Wars series. And so you, you don't think that, like, uh, a Bumblebee sequel, like, since that got, like, really good reviews and had a decent return at the box office, you don't see that? being like a prospect that they can return to and better flesh out with um uh with we want we don't know if travis Knight is would be directing any or even this the sequel to bumblebee um which was what yeah yeah um but do you you know would you uh want to see that potentially also or are you more like would you prefer yeah um, prefer the beast wars only because like that's more interesting we haven't seen something like that on screen with transformers outside of like minor parts of age of extinction and everything like that see the thing with the bumblebee sequel is uh first of all if travis knight isn't involved that's kind of like a little concerning because like he's kind of what made the bumblebee movie work in the first place like that could have been easily just like a soulless cash right. grab, which i'm sure some people could debate it yeah. is but like still like i think he brought like just the right yeah. amount of like caring about this like he went for that whole right. ep angle like he made it work um but yeah bumblebee sequel here's what makes it complicated they have no idea if they want to connect that like bumblebee movie with like the original yeah, Transformers movie yeah. like they 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 tippy-toe a lot around that and they're kind of like trying to find a, a weird middle ground that right. they just can't because like you don't like you don't want to like reboot it but you also want to like distance yourself <laughs> from the original it's just like i don't i think it's just i think for the studio it's just too complicated to even like yeah. get into so, and also the fact that the box office was right. so bad i could see that just not happening but like I said, with Beast Wars, because it's so fresh and new and something we haven't seen before, I feel like the studio would probably put more emphasis on that and like more pre 
preference on like making something like that and i kind of agree with them yeah and that's the thing and like uh they they tapped it for like a 2022 release date for they didn't confirm which movie they were going to decide to make um but that's the thing that i wanted to discuss so that the idea of like beast wars being fresh and new but because i feel like they're still trying to win the audience back i don't know if they'll be that bold to just like go without a bumblebee sequel because i feel like they right now they probably think that you know we finally got them to at least pay attention to this franchise again we have uh the last movie they saw didn't leave a bad taste in their mouth so we're starting we i feel like they still need to build the audience's trust and i don't know if like they have enough power to like introduce something so fresh and new like that especially like to the general movie going audience who don't who wouldn't really understand like the severity or uh, very much not like super inside baseball, but somewhat inside baseball idea of like Beast Wars. Um, because, but also I like uh, going against my own point. Uh, a lot of kids watch things like Dino Trucks, which is very much that idea of like a car being a dinosaur, which is basically the pitch of that whole series. And it's a children's series. And um, I think that for the younger kids, you'd be able to get them in. And at the end of the day, I think that's the demographic that they're appealing to is the younger uh, demographic, but also some, some adults yeah. also that uh, do love the series and everything. And um, to me, that's really interesting because like, I don't know if they will be that because like Paramount has not been the most financially uh, viable studio lately with certain movies that they've made and certain movies that they've had to let go because uh, they didn't want to take such high risks on it. And it seems like after like stuff like Power Rangers, which they also still would like to reboot uh, and is still and uh, that's still being in the works uh, elsewhere and stuff like Transformers now and G.I. Joe, which we'll get into in a couple minutes. It seems like they're still trying to find their footing and trying to find that uh, that means of finance of like a franchise. You know what I mean? Like they want to build some type, uh, some type of franchise that would be viable for their studio that they know like each year if we put this movie in theaters, we'll make money for sure. Like I think they're still trying to find that. And uh, I'm still surprised that they haven't like greenlit a like it took them this long to greenlit a sequel um, for another Transformers movie only because like the iron struck so hot with uh, Bumblebee and Travis Knight was like really made that movie work like you said. So um, to me, uh, I feel like they'll probably go the safe route and do a Bumblebee movie, and then if they really get the audience on board with that, then they'll probably I feel like then they'll be comfortable enough to like. Like, you know what, maybe we can do this. And then they'll try to uh, give the audience a little bit something new because then the, at that point they'll know from the box office results and also from the the result, the reviews and everything, like if people are willing to go along with what Transformers could possibly be. Uh, at the end of the day, I think everyone just wants a War for Cybertron movie, to be honest. Nobody really cares about storylines or anything. We just want to see robots fighting each other because we're all simple human beings and that's all we care about. <laughs> um, and uh, at the end of the day, like, but to be honest, to be honest, that's like that's the best thing because that's like the only scene people right. talk about in Bumblebee yeah. is that first. And scene. um, and and you're not wrong. But you know what's crazy is like I loved hearing Bumblebee's voice. Like, I loved the uh, his his the way he sounded. I think Dylan O'Brien did the voice for him, and Dylan O'Brien made this robot like i empathize so much with that robot hearing dylan o'brien's voice because he was so young and hearing him talk to optimus prime and optimus prime's voice being so like the way it oh, is yeah. and everything it was so yeah. good i like 
I don't know why they keep wanting to push this whole like talk to the radio thing. Like it was it was a fun gimmick right. in the first movie, but like come on, like give give Bumblebee does, some more character. Does he like, talk he's a person? In sure, no. Not a gimmick. Does he talk like in the in the cartoon right, show? Does he talk like in the original series? Oh yeah, he's he talks perfectly fine. That's just like that was an invention of Michael. Michael Hayden, but... Like, <laughs> but yeah, always like to be fair. To be fair, it is kind of it's kind of like a fun little gimmick. But like it's it's over. Like yeah, and like more. knowing that his voice was gonna get ripped out, I felt kind of sad about that because I was getting really attached to his voice in the Bumblebee movie, and his voice was just so youthful so tender and so much like he was like the tom holland in that movie of like <laughs> transform <laughs> and honest, uh, i really did with that on like yeah. an emotional level so uh but nonetheless like i still thought it was a wonderful film and i can't wait to see what that brand does next with transformers but moving on to the next thing i will tie these in in a couple minutes but moving on to the next bit of news uh in regards to paramount they also just finished uh they finished filming the snake eyes movie that uh is going to be starring Henry Golding from the gentleman fame and also crazy rich Asians fame, as well as a simple favor fame. Um, those are all the movies that he's been in that have been, uh, that have popped. He was in last Christmas also, but he was, that movie wasn't uh, really lauded by everybody, so to speak. So I didn't really want to bring it up, but I already have anyways, he's supposed to be the lead in uh, snake eyes. And I think he's playing snake eyes, uh, which is, I, I feel like I don't know if he is or not specifically because I haven't really looked at the cast list, but he he's said to have been playing a major role because um, I know Snake Eyes doesn't talk, and I don't know if like this is how we'll see him before he doesn't talk ever again, or if he will even talk in this movie, or if the if Henry Golding is just playing a version of him where he doesn't talk but he still takes off his helmet and things like that, because obviously you want to sell the movie on this man's looks and his talent and his recognizable ability. Be recognized. That man's handsome, no matter what, and I don't think you want to have. I don't think he'll want to have his face covered throughout the whole, the whole film. And uh, also keep in mind that the reboot that they're doing for Snake Eyes will not have any connection to the John M. Chu movies with Channing Tatum and Dwayne Johnson's GI Joe's. Uh, has no, it's not connected to that at all. I'm wondering if they'll bring back Ray Park. Do you think they're gonna have a hard time, like? Do you think they're gonna have like hard time just associating themselves from that, or do you think people? Are I think like, that oh, really uh, cool. I, I don't even know who's directing this. To be honest, let me see who's directing this also. But um, depending on who who's directing this, I feel like if the I tried to make the Jedi Joe's like really kind of a little bit goofy, um, with like trying to make them fun, mm-hmm. like, the way uh, Fast and Furious is fun and goofy in a way. Um, so this guy Robert Day is directing yeah. it. I don't know what movies he's made. Seems like he's oh okay so I'm looking at him right now and it's mostly uh R.I.P.D. Divergent uh you know not the best amount of movies but um I mean I liked R.I.P.D. <laughs> but um it's definitely maybe uh from from what I hear um a lot of the Paramount people liked what he did with the Snake Eyes movie so I'm really curious to to understand who's gonna be playing Snake Eyes and how this is all going to work because uh it seems like uh i think one of the guys from the raid might be in this um if i'm not mistaken uh yeah i think i think he's yeah yeah, yeah. the main guy from the raid is going to be playing uh i feel like they they didn't i'm looking it up right now i don't see the roles for him and henry golding so one of them is playing uh snake eyes 
And I think the guy that's from the raid is obviously going to be playing snake eyes. So maybe uh, Henry Golding might be the, the, the Joe that recruits them, or he's maybe the Nick Fury of all this, so to speak, if, if I had to choose. Um, but then again, it says Henry Golding is uh, Snake Eyes. On, oh, okay. Uh, front well, yeah, like whoever he's playing, I'm sure it's going to be a big role because that man, you know, he's an up and coming star and he's recognizable for the most part. Um, so I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. And I'm also curious to see how uh, this film, how it's going to connect to what we're about to discuss right now. Um, so they confirmed that they were going to reboot G.I. Joe altogether, meaning, like I said, it's not going to be continuation of the two that we saw in the past um it's going to be a whole brand new thing with uh that i'm assuming is going to be connected to the snake eyes movie um and leave it open for what for these characters to then appear in the regular judge movie that we're going to get so hearing all this and uh i'll start by saying like i was a fan of those earlier films with channing tatum and dwayne the rock johnson because i thought they were pretty cool for what they were um they obviously had their moments of, of uh, being really cringy and being a little bit uh, odd, but also being very fun and action heavy. Like I liked all the Bruce Willis stuff when he came back in because it seemed like he actually cared. And he was in those movies also a little bit, not a lot, but just enough for me to care. And um, <laughs> it seems like, uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like even caring a little bit. Um, but I also like the fact that like, he – those movies like that they had different Joes that we would follow. Like in the first movie, there was a certain amount. And then in the next movie, there was totally different Joes. So uh, yeah, I'm like, really, I'm excited. And I'm assuming eventually that they'll want to not only combine GI Joes with uh, just themselves, but obviously they still want to also do a Power Rangers movie. Um, and I mentioned that earlier and they said that with Power Rangers, I think, um, uh, they wanted to do like a time travel movie where the like a Jumanji meets uh, Power Rangers meets like Back to the Future where they go back in time to the 90s and um, they get to, they get teleported there to Zoran and something like that. Um, and they have some strong writers on board to write the script. But ever since like I think that came out in December. So uh, hmm. I feel like they want to combine all of these properties that they have into one universe to make it work somehow. And um, I'd be really interested in the prospect, but speaking on that's yeah, that's really hard. Like there's a just, lot of different. Yeah, like, and uh, different but I think for now they'll probably just do like GI Joes and Transformers because I think that would work the best. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the GI Joe news that I just dispersed to you, uh, Abel? Like, what is your what are your thoughts on GI Joe? You, you know, I never saw the original like GI Joe. I uh, movie or, I movies because like i don't know like I, I saw some trailers where they're like wearing some like power armor and i was like that seems really weird and like yeah gi joe ish i didn't it just looks like, like, like i didn't see any of the stuff. cartoon ones like, or the move the regular the other movies either like my well see i didn't watch it i didn't watch the original cartoon one either but like that, you, like that was that's uh, not like even close to it but but then again, it, it might be. I don't know it that well. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It, it always looked, like, really kiddish to me. But, like, I don't know. Like, I heard the second one was better. Yeah, The yeah, second yeah. one had The Rock, right? Yeah, so, like, that was one of his. That was, one of his, <laughs> that was a transition phase before he became yeah. the biggest celebrity ever. 
uh, but yeah, no, uh, I, I would like to see an interesting like direction to go. Like, I'll, right. watch, I'll, I'll watch the Snake Eyes movie. Hell, yeah, if right, only right. just for Henry Golding, man. And, uh, like, but yeah, I'll watch it. But uh, I don't, I don't know how they would connect that to like Transformers. But I mean, I, I know they've done it in the past, so it's probably not too hard. Yeah, honestly, that's that's all we just want. Good like, if hopefully this movie's good, the Snake Eyes movies is really good, and they find a way to make it very interesting for everyone to, to you know encapsulate on and see. Um, but other than that, like I'm just excited for the prospect of watching this film and seeing what they do with the Paramount Brown uh, moving forward. Cause I'd like to see them back on top and I'd like to see them have something that they can be able to put out a, every year. That's exciting to the general public. So uh, hopefully all goes well with them. Um, mm-hmm. Like to be honest with, to be honest, like as long as they care, right, right. like I'll, I'll, I'll try to care, you know, like, I'll but if they don't that. care and they'll, and they're kind of just, making it just right. make money like i don't think i'm gonna watch it and it'll definitely show in the product because we've seen that with their previous iterations of things um and yeah so i guess other uh moving on yeah. to the next topic uh nick nicholas cage uh to play joe exotic and a tiger king-esque uh <laughs> tbs is going to be produced uh producing i'm assuming it's going to be a limited series from what i heard um, and I probably think it's going to be on the CBS app of some sort uh, so that they can get more viewers in. I bet that these and apparently that they bought this property or bought rights to telling his story also years ago. So uh, I should disclaim that because they also disclaimed that. Um, really? But it, it was just after this, obviously, this popular phenomenon of a documentary came out that they readily, steadily, very quickly greenlit this series. So. I bet CBS was so happy when they heard that this random uh, rights thing that they got like this became this <laughs> meme viral phenomenon that everybody's enjoying. Do you think CBS is just sitting on a? Do you, do you think CBS is just sitting on a bunch of rights to stuff and then like right. it, it gets popular? <laughs> they're like they're looking through their files and they're like, oh, we have that. We can make honestly. We that's can, what I'm saying. Of of but um. But yeah, we, you know, I, I think uh, I finally finished the series and last time we spoke, uh, I did not. I was like barely getting into it and it was very interesting. I enjoyed it. Uh, Abel, you said you had already watched the series, right? Before him. I had watched like the first two episodes and I, I like, I, I like, I kind of got the point and I was like, eh, I'm not really digging it. But like, I don't know. I, I think, I think a dramatization of yeah, this would be amazing. huge drama, sure. like I think I would watch it. If anything, yeah, I'll same. just watch it for Nick Cage. Like that's amazing I, that they cast. That's literally that what I was the gonna best say. casting. Yeah, like, yeah, like that's such good Jesus casting. Christ. He's been on a roll lately with the more underground underground movies he's been doing with uh Mandy, and I think he did another one this year. And he was also in Spider Man into the Spider Verse and everyone loved him in it, um, as Spider Noir. And I loved him in that movie. Oh my gosh. I loved his uh like when he was like no, we don't choose the ballroom we dance in. We just dance in or something like that. Like, he always had the best lines in that movie, and I loved it. <laughs> he was my favorite Spider-Man even more yeah. than Malcolm Alice when I saw him. Um, yeah. And I was just so happy. I was so happy to hear his yeah. voice. When I heard his voice. I was like, what? They got Nicolas Cage to be in this movie? <laughs> in this movie? Right. Um, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is the right. king. The king of and, uh, I just feel like people out. have been missing him I because he hasn't been uh, in the mainstream, like getting a lot of mainstream work. Um, but it's really nice to know that he's going to be doing something that could probably 
uh, re-jumpstart his career into the mainstream. And uh, taking on a character like Joe Exotic is going to be very interesting to see because that guy did a lot and um, he had a big story to tell. And uh, it was a wonderful story. And I'm really excited to see it being translated to uh, series. What about you, uh, Abel? Decided by- yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, I was kind of hoping it would be like a movie, but like I, I could see it being like a really, okay. really, really cool little series they do. Uh, like I said, like just them making this into like even more of a Hollywood <laughs> a drama just makes it seem like, I, I don't know, like I, the documentary I was like kind of half in on, but yeah. with this, I feel like I'm 100% in. And it's really like, going to matter. Like, I, I just got to see it. Because like, right. I know the original story from the documentary. So just to see them <laughs> make it even more. Nick Cage, sound, man, like he's going to be so good at this. I think, I think like you should just, no- they're probably going to nominate him up the ass for this role because it's so, it's so in his wheelhouse. And keep in mind, a lot of people don't understand like this guy was like an Academy Award nominated actor. And same with like John Travolta, even though he doesn't make that many good movies anymore. Um, but guys like if you go and find like a Nicolas Cage's work he really appeals to a niche audience nowadays but he's still the like this guy is the like he's in the a Coppola family like he's gotten a lot of acclaim in his earlier career uh and he still has uh a semblance of respect because he does really bold films uh they're just not uh seen to a lot of the mainstream audience like it used to be um but he's good in everything that he's been in from what I hear even post uh like mainstream work that he's done so i'm really excited to see uh i'm really excited to see who's going to be a runner because that's also going to be a very important um i like role to to fill in because they have they didn't really announce uh or at least i didn't read an article where they announced like who the showrunner was going to be but uh i'm assuming that whoever they do get to write this show since it's going to be a limited series i feel like it's going to be really good and they might i feel like they'll treat it as like a parody semi-documentary of him um, doing a documentary really interesting even more meta. Um, but that would be the perfect way to tell that story. But at the end of the day, I'm just open to really just see it play out. Um, because maybe we might. I'm hoping that we get new information from it outside of just what we got in the documentary, even though the documentary was somewhat thorough. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. And uh, that was my concluding thoughts on the topic. Uh, do you have any more concluding thoughts, Abel? By any chance or no? Um, the only thing I gotta say is right. kudos to Nicolas Cage's agent. You know, that that man, that man has the weirdest job in Hollywood. Like he, but you know what? Right, I guess right, he could for still sure. Make a and um, yes, to our uh, final topic of the evening. Um, this might divulge into more uh subdivision star wars topics in the middle in the middle because i'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff that i'm curious about with abel on this certain topic so taika watiti to write and pen a uh to write and direct a new star wars film he's also going to be co-writing with one of the writers of 1917 uh let me find her name but uh she's she was uh one of the writers on 1917 and um He's going to be working with her to bring the uh, her name is Christy Willi- Wilson Karens. So she co-wrote uh, 1917 with Sam Mendes, who directed it. And now she's going to be co-writing with uh, our friend here, Taiko Titi. And I'm really curious to see 
what story they're going to be telling. I don't know if it's going to be the continuation of the Skywalker saga or if it's not. Very no clear. way. No way. They're not touching the Skywalker That's probably saga. True. Another, um, like, but yeah, I'm just wondering like what they're going to do about it because I'm not sure where they can possibly go or what movie they're going to make. Do you have any like general thoughts on what movie they could make in the Star Wars universe? Well, you know, it's impossible to tell because they have so many right. pending Star Wars projects. And, like, who knows if, like, because they have, like, Ryan Johnson. They got the freaking uh, Game of Thrones guys. Yeah. They're probably not doing it anymore. Uh, what else? They have, I think they have, like, uh, yeah, they have um, a Kevin Feige thing going on. Like, they have so many pending projects. Who knows? And then, like, Star Wars is such a big franchise. Like, who knows? where they'll go it, it could be like underground you know kind of like the dirt gritty croissant vibe but you know who knows like that might be right. that might be like the ryan johnson trilogy or they could go like you know backstory of like a certain character but who knows that might be the kevin feige thing yeah. like nobody it's so hard to tell and then taika watiti taika watiti like look taika watiti is very known for his style of directing, you know, like his Jojo Rabbits and his Ragnaroks and his uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. But then, like, he comes out with that, like, Mandalorian episode where he's, like, he takes it 100% serious. And I'm like, oh, he could do both both extremes. But then that Mandalorian episode, it's kind of like, is that really him or is that mostly Jon Favreau? Like, like I can't tell. <laughs> I don't know anything See now, you took literally the words right out of my mouth. Like, it's really interesting because we've seen what he can do in the Star Wars universe with uh, the Mandalorian episode that he directed uh, and the character that he played. It seemed like he had a lot of, uh, not a lot of creative input. I mean, there's a documentary right now on Disney Plus that discusses how they created the show and went full in depth behind the scenes and things like that. And I believe right now, Mandalorian three is being written by John Favreau once again because they greenlit it uh, before season two was going to come out, which I don't know when that's coming out, but uh, I'm assuming it's either going to come out maybe at the end of this year, or maybe at the end of next year, probably next this year, because they don't, uh, yeah, like I don't think they want to let that, that series be forgotten within the next two years. So I'm assuming it's going to come out later this year, if, if possible. Um, but yeah, like, he, it seemed like he didn't lose a lot of his style while he, in the episode that I saw. But then again, it didn't seem like they were going diverging a lot off of what the tone was in the first episode. So it was really difficult because even Rick Famuyu directed an episode and they had a... Uh, I forgot who the lady was um, that... Uh, who was the lady? Um, the Cho lady, I think. I forgot her last name. Margaret Cho? Oh. Yeah, Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow. Um, yeah, Deborah so Chow? She, she directed a lot of episodes, so... Yeah. They, I don't know if because the the show works works so smoothly that I couldn't tell uh, the difference, and maybe that's a good thing. Um, but and Bryce Dallas Howard also directed an episode. Um, I wasn't. Uh, I'm very. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they gave her like the that's interesting because I think she's like, to, like George Lucas's goddaughter from what Wikipedia says, <laughs> um, which would make a lot of sense because of his relationship with Ron Howard uh, and. <laughs> wonderful godfather to have um but that's really cool uh and i know that she probably i I heard that she's been directing a lot of short (laughs) films as as well before she did take on the mandalorian so i think she had a little bit of experience and obviously her being the daughter of a director really helped an oscar winning director uh and academy award nominated director so 
Uh, it's really interesting that um, Taika Waititi, although he was playing in a sandbox that was somewhat filled with other people's ideas, he did do what he could do to not only show his own uh, spotlight with the universe. Oh, yeah, like that whole stormtrooper yeah, and can scene is 100% Taika Waititi. And also... Yeah, I, I also I love his that, character, right? the yeah, droid that he played. <laughs> I love that he always self-destruct in the beginning. It's so funny. I love uh, Oh, my God. I love that he... he right, I love it. <laughs> he says, shall I initiate something? <laughs> and I like how Vandalorian is always like, no! <laughs> I don't know. I just always <laughs> laugh at that. But, um, but uh, yeah, like I, I'm really curious to see what he would do with the uh, solo project. Because like you said... Uh, with Kevin Feige being involved, maybe he, they could be working on that project or he could be doing his own different thing and just having Kevin Feige produce it and uh, or Kevin Feige having a hand in it. Obviously, they work very well together. Uh, but it'd be very, very interesting to see what they come up with because, honestly, I have no clue what, what he would do and what uh, what he would like. Because I feel like out of the... I don't even know if, like... I feel like any of the people that they've announced outside of, like, the Obi-Wan people and the Mandalorian people... And then this newer one, I don't really trust them when it comes to movies anymore because it seems like they're not really having a key solid idea with what they want to do. As originally Obi-Wan was going to be a movie, they decided to make that a series, which was probably an even better idea. Because now all I'm picturing when I hear a series is like Logan, but with Obi-Wan basically. Like that's what I'm seeing at least um, in my head. And uh, I'm hoping, I mean, it's not going to be that yeah. violent, but I'm hoping it gets to that depth of like discovering what a person means to what a, what a person does or their purpose uh, outside of watching this one kid. What does he do? Does he go out on adventure? Does he try to look for love? Does he uh, go up against people like a Thrawn who could be like the main antagonist in this series? And I've been reading his novel and everything, and he's around during that time and that era where he could do that. Or is he after that era? He's in that era, right? No, he's, he's, um, He's after Empire, and then, uh, and then, uh, I think up until Rebels, and then right. in Rebels he goes like, he disappears. And so, then, like, so like, would he whatever. be able to show up in this series or no? Yeah, the Obi Wan series. Uh, the Obi Wan series or which series? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, I, could, I feel he, like he, he would be up. like yeah, maybe a young possible. a young Thrawn that's like trying to prove him. Well, not prove himself, but you know what I mean, like doing his due diligence to uh, clean the um, the galaxy of the Jedi um, would be a really interesting series to see in regards to what Obi-Wan, uh, now that his, he's fulfilled, uh, his people have failed, like, what does he do? And seeing that is going to be very interesting. Um, but going back to the Taika thing, um, I'm just hoping good things for this and good vibes, obviously. He, uh, got, he just came off of an Oscar uh, win with his best uh, adapted screenplay for Dodo Rabbit which was a wonderful film and was also nominated for Best Picture. So he's at the top of the world right now. He's also uh, helming the next the next Thor. Um, I can't believe Thor is the only person that made it past three movies <laughs> in regards to uh, the original OGs. <laughs> I can't believe he's the one that did it. Like, that's great. Maybe it's because he's a god, so he kind of lives in this Right. But I like the fact that he's coming back to direct that. And, uh, you know, he's going to be infusing uh, his new visions with that. And uh, Taika Waititi is slowly becoming these this director that 
when he puts out a movie, people are going to go see it no matter what the movie is. So uh, for him alone, he's one of those that can sell a, a, an arena uh, or sell oh, yeah. a, a, a pack theater. Um, and I think that a lot of direct, that's going to help the Star Wars brand a lot, especially because we've seen what he can do. Um, and also I want to bring up, a lot of them have been casting new people for the Mandalorian series. Rosario, Rosario Dawson, Tamora Morrison is returning, Katie Sackhoff. And I'm wondering, because I saw like an article that said this, are they making the Rise of Skywalker mistake where they're relying too much on other other already established things to make this second season even better? Or is it because we've already gotten a season where not a lot of uh, references were to be had except for maybe that one Tatooine episode? Um, like, do you think that it's okay that they're now because they've already established the universe? And what are your thoughts on just like the Mandalorian? I, I, I'm pretty much what you just said. I feel like in any other like half fake series, I'd be like, man, they're just pushing it. They're just trying to keep it alive. But I feel like they've built up. They like they've established the Mandalorian enough and like hit the side characters. Like they've right. done their job in establishing that whole like side of the universe to be like, okay, right. well, let, let's start introducing you know, some believe old Sasha Banks has also been casted in an undisclosed role, but. Everyone, uh, Sabine Wren, which would be very interesting because uh, I wonder if that would lead to anything more. Um, but she's still like a prominent figure in wrestling television. I mean, she's injured at the moment, or I forgot if she's injured or not injured or whatever, but she's off TV right now. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there um, with Sasha Banks being involved and with all these other actors returning or joining and uh, with the whole Star Wars brand uh, in general because – as of right now, Star Wars is on the up and up with Rises or with uh, not Rises Skywalker, the fuck, uh, Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the universe, yeah. Really for, uh, I was, that was what I meant to say was dual. It's all on the up and up, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, Mandalorian is uh, on the up and up right now. It's going to be very interesting to see how they um continue on from this because also Marvel is going to be doing their thing with their TV shows and finally implementing them into the movies. And I'm assuming Lucasfilm is going to use these Mandalorian and everything as canon. Uh, am I right or no? Is it, is it considered canon? The, yeah. Uh, Mandalorian? Canon. Yeah, it's, it's all canon. Well, everything they're making. Anyways, but yeah, uh, it's going to be very interesting. And also, we need more original series from Disney+. Plus. I think that was their biggest mistake. Like, they should have done the, all these shows first before launching because they would have had so much more if they had these shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like right. like even that like Cassie and Andor series. Like that could have yeah, been like and the, release them like more. Like more series. I don't want like all of us to get like let's say the Marvel shows right away and the Star Wars shows right after. Like maybe like let's say in May they release Loki and Cassie and Andor and then in uh middle summer they release Obi Wan and Scarlet Witch's series, and yeah. you know, maybe in the latter half they'll do Mandalorian, and then the next Marvel, yeah, and all that. So I'm really, uh, and, and, and uh, maybe even Soldier, uh, yeah. the Hawkeye one couldn't be in the beginning of the year. Uh, so they they're slowly building their own resume of sorts uh, that will get them those views that they want. But it's going to be very interesting to see how this progresses. But overall, uh, does this definitely you, uh, able the idea of title? Oh, 
Absolutely, especially Tamara Morrison. Right. We were talking about him last week. Like, I want to see more of him in the Star Wars universe, either as Cap- Captain Rex, which is you know best known from the Clone Wars, or uh, or Boba Fett. Like, I'm totally pumped to see more Boba Fett. And you know, the thing is, I know a lot of people have turned on Boba Fett because, like, they're like, "Oh, he's not interesting. He's not even you know a big prominent character. He's overrated." But like, I've always been like. 100% for Boba Fett, even right. if just for his design. He's like, he's just this like stoic badass. Like, <laughs> you don't have to explain him any more than that. I still laugh at his scream, you know, like, I'm not gonna lie. Just, like, I legitimately so cool. still laugh at his the way he screams in that movie. Um, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, like, I'm this like, I'm really excited for all those things that like Star Wars yeah. looks exciting again in a way that uh, it wasn't even when Rise of Skywalker was coming out because like everyone knew like all right it's coming out we we're gonna kind of see it out of obligation because we want to see how this is going to end for the people that wanted to see it fail for the people that wanted to just see it because they wanted to see how this would end and i was one of those people in the middle i didn't really uh i wasn't mad at the last jedi by the time i went to go see riders of skywalker um because i kind of understood what ryan johnson was going for and i got to experience a lot more of his work Mm -hmm. and uh he really gave me a different outlook on film so, uh, and then also Knives Out that it's part by making me really, really interested in Rise of Skywalker after that because we got to see a new Ryan Johnson film. Um, and it's really interesting to see how different uh, and similar that is to the Rise of Skywalker, or uh, Last Jedi, um, and the way he directed that compared to Knives Out. And um, I watched a video essay by Phil Mento where he had talked about why the twists in, in uh, Jedi work, and, or the Jedis don't work, and then um, the how the twists and knives out work a lot better. And uh, it was a really interesting piece. If you haven't seen it, you should. Um, but then again, everybody was kind of doing those kinds of pieces once knives out came out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really nice to be excited about Star Wars again and um, hopefully all bodes well for them. So uh, moving on to the recommendations of the round table, Abel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you... What would- to recommend to these uh fine folks now. Ooh, I'll let you so I'll let you go see. first because I gotta think about it. I didn't really do too much this week. Well for me I uh have uh re- I don't know if I if last week I was already starting uh Thrawn or if I said I was but nonetheless I'm reading a wonder wonderful book one uh that's a part of the Star Wars lore called Thrawn and it's such a wonderfully tense and wonderfully written and beautifully uh, sounding audiobook. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful uh, book so far that I've been reading. It's basically like if you want to read Teddy Roosevelt meets like any type of famous general in history, be it Ulysses S. Grant or uh, Joseph Stalin, any of those types of people that like, if you, especially if you're a history buff and like fictional history, uh, this is definitely, definitely up your alley, um, especially if you love Star Wars and history at the same time. Um, it's one for you and you like the character. Oh my gosh, it's so rich in character. It's so rich in plots. And although I'm only seven to six, cha- I think six chapters in, um, I'm enjoying everything that I'm reading. And uh, well, I'm mostly listening to it through an audiobook. And because they have like the, the music with it and they have the voice actors with it. And I love uh, the voices that I hear when I'm reading it. Um, they have Cadet Vanto sounding like a Southern boy. It's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, they, I know. Um, I That's think... not the voice I imagined when I read him. Um, I was, yeah. I always imagined when I read him, like, he was kind of like this, um, what's the name of that guy? Josh Hutcherson? Like, that's the type of guy I was imagining. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Like that's... a Kentucky boy. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's how I imagine those. Uh, what's it called? But yeah, like it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the whole like if you want to read about like a general like in, in like Star Wars uh read Thrawn because like I think yeah, like, like during like World War Two there was this guy called like the Desert Fox and he was basically like Thrawn of like the Nazis so it's kind of like it's very similar <laughs> like Empire Nazis Desert Fox Thrawn like it's kind of right. funny how like they just took influence from like all these like from that era and stuff yeah and it's really cool especially because like I think Star Wars came out like towards the ending of the Vietnam War, which is what made it such a popular film because it came out in the right time, the right place and everything else. So uh, that's definitely a recommendation. Uh, my next recommendation would be a show on Netflix that I saw that's written by Mindy Kaling from Office fame. And I think one of her office executive producers on that um, called uh, Never Have I Ever. It's on Netflix. There's another Amazon Prime show called Upload by... Uh, or it's written and show ran by Greg Daniels from also Office fame and King of the Hill fame. Uh, or actually, I don't know if he did uh, Office, but I know he did King of the Hill and a lot of Mike Judge's projects. Um, I feel like he also was a part of the Office because uh, that's what they said in the previews. Um, or Parks and Rec. It was one of those two. Uh, but yeah, like that's also a recommendation. It stars Robbie Amell. And uh, the series is basically like The Good Place meets like Black Mirror a little bit. Not really Black Mirror, but... The whole idea of uh, technology intuition, intuition with humanity and the afterlife. So if you like The Good Place and like uh, shows that infuse high technology uh, in their program, um, then that would be a show I definitely recommend. And a movie to recommend would be uh, a movie that I saw recently called Utu, which is a New Zealand film. Uh, mm. And also another film that I watched called... Uh, the Breaker Uppers, which is on Netflix. They're both New Zealand pictures. And um, Breaker Uppers is a romantic comedy. And Utu is like this, uh, a New Zealand version of Braveheart uh, about this man who kills a bunch of British people because they uh, betrayed him and betrayed his uh, clan and the people that he was trying to help them protect. And uh, It's such a wonderful film. Uh, it's a nice uh, small picture. Uh, I found it on YouTube for free. Uh, there's like a extended cut. I saw the director's cut and it was really good. And um, yeah, those are my recommendations of the roundtable this week. And uh, I hope you guys check them out and enjoy. Yeah. And then uh, for my you. recommendations, um, I only have like a couple kind of like you. Uh, I just recently saw Green Mile. What a great movie. Just fantastic performances throughout. Uh, Duncan Jones. Uh, what's his name? Michael Duncan Jones. Uh, oh, um, Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, yeah. Great, yeah. great stuff. Tom Hanks, equally amazing. Uh, it, it's a really sad story about, like, being, like, a guard on death row and then, like, having this miracle happen. Like, it's very Stephen King-esque in terms of, like, you know, how, like, supernatural it goes. But, like, right. once you get over that, it's kind of, it's such a good, like, little story. Like, it's, it's I definitely recommend checking that one out. It's a three-hour movie, but, like, it doesn't even feel like it. I heard it's also uh, like a, a lot of Stephen King movies are classics, low key. I don't realize yeah, how like how much done for pop culture and for literary like uh, like his prowess on the mainstream. Like he's never been out of the mainstream. I feel like even like even though at a certain point after the the eighties and nineties and maybe early thousands, he didn't do a lot of people weren't making his movies. Like he still like people were still reading his books. Like. Like they still sell like hotcakes, which is crazy. Like that we have an author nowadays, of that. yeah. 
Uh-huh. Like it's crazy. And now he's getting into the mainstream again with the reinvigoration of it and Dr. Sleep and things like his TV shows like Castle Rock and 11, 22, 19, whatever that show was that was also based on his work. And um, I just oh, yeah. like the fact that he's, in, that he's in the public light a lot more um, and that he's doing what he loves and he still hasn't, uh, he's still giving his full effort to his art. Um, and I think that's like a really uh, great thing to see because even people like Stan Lee, although like he's not always writing a new comic book when he, when he was around, like, you know, he with, the Marvel movies and still involved some way with marketing them. And uh, it was still nice to see him around those events and everything. Um, but yeah, like, uh, is there any more recommendations? Yeah. By uh, I'm trying to think. Um, also, by the way, uh, unex- I really wasn't expecting to see, uh, what's his name? Sam Rockwell in that movie, but my God, he kills it. I freaking love <laughs> Sam Rockwell, man. He kills dude. it in every movie he's in, dude. Right. Every uh, movie I've seen him in too, he's just unequivocally amazing in it. Man, yeah, for I really real, he's like, like he makes that movie good. I would like to see him in like a season of Fargo, like that show. He would work so well in a movie or show like that, like in a in a like a Coen Brothers type uh, scenario. I really want to see him. Like that would be a dream movie for me if he was in a Coen Brothers movie. I don't know if he has or not. Like I'm watching this in a in a in a in a, a section in, in like a way of thinking that he hasn't been in one. But I haven't seen a lot of Coen Brothers movies, so he might be in one that I just didn't see. Um, but yeah, like he's a wonderful actor, and I'm still sad that we didn't really get to see him go more up against Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Tony Stark. No. Oh I saw God, him, I and that, I was so excited, and I wanted him to put on a suit so bad because I was a huge fan of the Iron Man at Armored Adventures, and uh, Justin Hammer was always like bothering Tony Stark in a way of like acknowledgement, like he wanted acknowledgement <laughs> from Tony Stark um, <laughs> while also trying to kill him, which was amazing, and. Uh, I don't know. I just like the dynamic. And when I saw the movie that uh, when they were introducing him, I was like, oh, my gosh. And he's just as annoying as he was in the series. But he's funnier this time. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I really, really enjoyed like his performance in that. But I felt like it was a missed opportunity because I really wanted him to be the bad guy. Um, but I was also fine with Whiplash. But I would have wanted him to like maybe be the third bad guy or like in an Iron Man 4 type deal, like if he was still around and kicking. Um, but uh, hopefully, like, they do something with him in the Marvel movies in the future of some sort. Um, but, yeah, uh, good recommendations, Abe. I really uh, – those are some solid recs. But... Oh, yeah. I, what's it called? I, I was going to recommend one book, too, I've been reading called Kite Runner. It's just kind of like a slice of life from, like, Afghan, like, in the 80s. Just kind of like – And how, like, there was, like, a lot of, like, racism towards, like, another type of people that were right. living there. And how, like uh, – how, like – how their culture is like it's it's i think it's really like cool to see like another culture and if you ever want to read about them afghani and like stuff i think tight runner is a good book all right well uh i think that is it for me and abel on this uh episode of the roundtable club podcast uh by the time you see this you guys will probably see it like maybe tomorrow i'm gonna upload it as soon as i'm done extracting the audio uh but for the most part we'd like to thank you guys for joining us um Really appreciate joining us for this second uh, new uh, episode, so to speak, for those people that are watching on YouTube and anything like that and um, listening to us here that have already watched us for a a minute. Um, I appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, my final departing words would be to keep watching movies, uh, spend time with the ones you love, and have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And uh, Abel, do you have Thanks for joining us on the round. I was going to say, I was going to say our catchphrase, <laughs> or not catchphrase, our sign off. Uh, 
Thank you for joining us at the round table. Oh, Is yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us at the round table, and we hope you come back to the table. Isn't that it? Yeah, come back to the table. Boom. All right. Okay. See you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye.